Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what happened to JP? <laughs> Hello and, and welcome to Aoshai World of Coffee. Uh, I'm not doing this bit for the whole episode. I will die of either embarrassment or being murdered by someone who senses the crime I am committing. Yeah, and your chest came back from the dead too. Yeah, having to do the version of this podcast for the underworld all by myself for multiple weeks was... I don't think we have that many listeners down there anymore. <laughs> So this is, or should be, if it's not blame me, our quote-unquote Valentine's Day special, I guess. Yeah, close enough. It's close enough. Within the rough time frame. Well, it's close enough for government work, which is probably good enough for (laughs) podcasting. So we're dedicating today's episode to Toho ships that are uncommon or otherwise unlikely to just sort of come up on the show, by which we mean we asked you, the Tumblr followers, to send in your Toho rare pairs. And I know we all have some of our own as well, and I think we'll get to those eventually if we have time. You people really delivered. Yeah, you guys, we didn't give you much of a lead up, and we've got quite a few things sent in. You sent us some very galaxy brain rare pairs. (laughs) Yeah. Our audience brains are galactic nebular. Which is why we're here to make them smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to this podcast is guaranteed to condense your brain. Well, we did mention government work. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is an important safety of the earth thing. If y'all were any smarter, we would be approaching some kind of brain Schwarzschild radius and collapsing into a black hole and destroying all of society. And unfortunately, a bunch of cool stuff, too. Yeah, unfortunately. Is there any other business we want to attend to? I know there were some new chapters of the various manga that are out. I don't think anything huge happened in them. Yeah. I think those can wait for later. I don't think anything really happened yet, especially in Chirikiden. I guess we got confirmation that Flandre could leave the basement whenever she wanted, but I feel like that's only a big deal to people who haven't read any of the print works. That's only a big deal to embodiment fans, isn't it? The biggest thing here is that Flandre is like a real character now. Somebody else has to show up in all of the Nightcore videos. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Flandre being able to leave the basement is kind of weird in the sense that, well, I mean, it makes sense. The weird part is that it's only a shock to someone who managed to be somehow obsessed without powers without realizing that, right, she can break out. (laughs) That sounds like maybe a little bit of a thorn in your side. That sounds like something you have first-hand experience with, Lev. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag let Lev speak. (laughs) I just had a couple interesting days with followers. So I think before we launch into this, we should probably define like what a rare pair is or what we would consider to be a rare pair. So I think the first sufficient condition is if I look at your rare pair and think I have never thought about that before, guarantees it is in the rare pair category. It's not necessary. There's a few rare pairs that either I'm out blowing the horn for myself or my friends have come up with or that. But I think the main thing is that it like is something without a consistent body of works for it. Yeah. yeah, it's not something with like a hugely dedicated. Well, I mean, obviously, whatever following it has is very dedicated. Hugely to de- it. dedicated, but very large 
following. Yeah. It's yeah. not something, if I were to go to Safeburu and type in a character's name and I see the other character's name and suggested tags, it is probably not a rare pair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a broad one. There's also a couple, like, somewhat more popular ships that I would also consider rare pairs just because they're not something that the fandom primarily focuses on too much. Rare comparatively to how other stuff is. Like, for example, Reimu and Alice has more work statistically than Hina and Mitori, but Reimu and Alice is less common in proportion to the ships that these characters mm. get. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like in some cases uh rare pair might even be like in the top two or top three pairs of a character, but they just don't get like much content in general. Yeah. Yeah, like I would consider some of the more like off meta ships to be rare pairs. Fairly common, but not like the like big established pairings for those characters. Yeah. Another criterion we can sort of look at is if the ship like has a following, but it hasn't developed its own canon or whatever, right? Like there's a lot of ships that are sort of established in the characters' relationships, and that's the content that people are producing. And I feel like something like that is really not well, usually not a rare pair, because at the same time you get that effect when there's only two people writing for a ship. On the other hand, uh, rare pair isn't the same thing as a crack pairing. A crack pairing is usually it's rare, but and it's also like weird and doesn't make sense in some way. Whereas a rare pair, it just happens to be rare. It's just incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Like Sagume and Suika is a crack ship. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a good example. <laughs> Yeah, whereas Sagume and Eren is sort of a rare pair, I say shamelessly self-promoting my ship. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Toot your own horn, please. It's actually a good ship. Yeah, shout out to the, like, five people who make Asagu content, and I know that I am no longer technically one of them because I write at the pace of a snail and I'm working on personal projects. But You like, still count. I was there at the beginning. I am here now and I ever shall be. <laughs> 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 I guess I shouted out one of mine. Do any of the rest of you on the call just want to do a brief shout out to one of your rare pairs before we get to the viewers, the listeners? I guess they're viewers. You're looking at something while you're listening to this podcast, and that is the official video feed. <laughs> <laughs> you dragged me into Asagu, so I don't have any of my own to think about because my brain just goes, Aaron and Sagume. Exactly as <laughs> planned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does Yukari and Renko count as a rare pair? I don't think it really counts as a rare pair, at least under the circumstances that I ship it. I think it does in the sense that we don't see much of... There's like no content for it. Yukari is like a different character in some ways with a different position and different like ideology. We don't really see her like Maribel as Yukari interacting with Renko as Renko very much. That's true. Then that's the rare pair I have. It works even when Maribel isn't Yukari, by the way. Please hear my words. I guess I've seen some content of like Yukari in her current form reminiscing about Renko, but I don't remember when I last saw like uh, something shipping. That's more one-sided planning than like ship content. I think that it's okay. It's ambiguous anyway. It counts, but it doesn't. Yeah, I think it's a rare pair, probably. 
If someone listening to this podcast can put together a coherent enough definition to quantify whether or not everything we say is a rare pair and not have me burn it to the ground in a fire of spiteful logic, that person deserves the shout out that we will give them after this show. Whatever their <laughs> stance is on any of the pairings we discuss. I think my most galaxy brained rare pair is Yukari and Yumemi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's too galaxy brained for me yeah th- th- that's all i have really is there any like pc 98 slash window ship that isn't a rare pair uh Biaker and shinky okay um fair it's like rare ish but it's also like this is a dynamic that comes up in major dojins and stuff most of yuka's ships that use her characterization from the pc 98 Games over her Windows characterization count, I think th- those are kind of a gray area, but yeah, probably the closest. I think there's like some people that ship Mima with a few different characters, but... Mm. Yeah, but that's a rare pair, though. I'm pretty sure those are all rare mm-hmm. pairs, yeah, that that's all rare pair territory. Shout out to the Galaxy Brain Mima and Yukari shipper I saw a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed to you. Yeah, I know a couple of those. Yukari's just like really prone to galaxy brain rare pairs, huh? Yukari's just really prone to getting paired off with people in general. I think like maybe only Marisa gets paired off with more people. Yeah, because Reimu's ships are more like, there's a small number of them that all have very big followings. Yeah. Yukari's ships are like more selective than Marisa's. Marisa might get shipped with almost literally any random yokai anywhere. Yeah, that's why I said she's less than only Marisa, because I don't think there's anybody in between the Yukari level of shipped with almost everybody and the Marisa level of shipped with literally everybody. Marisa has many girlfriends, Yukari has many wives. That's very correct. I think is the difference. Do Okina Miko and Gosega count as rare pairs? I think Okina Miko... Okina Miko definitely does. Miko and Sega could count on the same grounds as, like, Komakase. Yeah. 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 It's rare, but it's also, like, an established pairing, even if it's not, like, the main... I think it's, like, the third big Miko pairing these days. Fudo Miko has sort of fallen off with Fudoichi catching up and just Fudo being kind of a buffoon. Good for Fudoichi. Also with, like, Fudo's whole dynamic with Miko becoming more clear, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely seemed more ambiguous back in the day. Yeah, it's sort of like shipping Blackadder and Baldrick at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure people do, but... Do we want to get into the asks? Did Lev go, or...? Well, my answer was basically that I don't really have any since I'm not a very active shipper in general. You have to remain objective as a translator. You were almost left behind, and this is all you have to say? (laughs) (laughs) Left behind. Okay, you'd better duck because I think the meme murderer who was coming after me for my OO speak intro might be coming after you for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck to them. Anyway, hashtag let Lev speak. So, yeah, do we want to go into the listener pairings in a largely unparticular order? Let's see. Let's start with the smaller ones, I think, the the weirder ones. I think I'm just going to go through them in order because that way I don't have to use my brain and... That's fair. 
I mean, I support that. I have a lot of gotcha games to get back to, so... (laughs) This podcast is strictly anti-using brains. So, we have Anonymous on Tumblr says, I can't be the only one that hears Tsukumogami and Bakedanuki have good compatibility and instantly thinks that Raiko and Mamizo should be a thing, right? No whispers. Okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Where was the quote again? Uh, That was in Forbidden Scrollery, I think. Uh. It was Forbidden Scrollery, or it was, I think, Mamizo's profile in the fighting games when she's bringing out the Tsukumogami parade or something. I can appreciate, like, Raiko, Mamizo, since Tanuki also have a drumming theme in, a, in some stories. You can just theme their entire ship around drumming festivals and causing loud noises. Yeah, that's honestly, I didn't even think about it from the drum angle uh, when we got this ask, but, like, that kind of sells me on it. Yeah, and they're both sort of the cool as a cucumber sort of mentor planner figures, right? They're they're probably up to something that you don't quite know, but it's probably not anything harmful. They're also much more like classically stylish than a lot of the Toho schemers who are sort of content to play in the background. And like Raiko and Mamizo are more your like classic cartoon antagonist mastermind who <laughs> strolls out and has a great plan for the episode that might actually succeed because the protagonists are off beating up some other villain. Yeah. <laughs> And also, <laughs> they're both like active around the human village, though in very different ways. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it's really been addressed ever since like DDC, but Raiko did have that whole like looking for outside world magic theme going on. Oh, yeah, that Aww. is true. Mamizo does have outside world connections. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a really galaxy brain ship. Like, I, I really like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Raiko has like. A reasonably large number of pairings, but they're all sort of like theme pairings, right? She's paired with, I think Ben-Ben is still her most common. And then like, I think Lunasa. I think she gets paired with Kogasa a lot too, because they're both older Tsukumagami. Oh yeah. I think it's like Lunasa gets a bit because she's sort of the most popular Prism River and they have the outfit color contrast, which is almost as good as hair Mm. color. But like, they don't have... A huge amount of her interacting with other characters. I'd love to see her in a fighting game or something. I think she has a great sort of style for one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Raiko up here in a fighting game challenge. I definitely think that this is like an option. Also, shout out to my friend, the world's like thirstiest Raiko fan. <laughs> That's a strong statement. That's just every lesbian. I think Raiko sort of inspires that kind of reaction. Is your friend a conglomerate of every lesbian that has ever existed? Because they sound like it. <laughs> I'm not sure if she is or not. Raiko just has that effect on people. Mm-hmm. Raiko wink emoji. Tassifro, they knew what they were doing with that. i just remember like when that gif went on tumblr and like when i reblogged it was like i can pinpoint the exact frame where all of my lesbian followers died yeah Yeah, but her like very small appearance in aocf just like slaughtered me instantly and elevated her as a character i guess that this ship's like follower account just about doubled in the last five minutes (laughs) (laughs) shout out to anon for (laughs) Uh, good ship, you're officially OO sanctioned rare pair. Nintendo seal of quality. (laughs) 
and like the thing is so great about them is that they could really work in like almost any situation because they're both like very sort of stylish people so they could show up you know at a fancy party or whatever looking great styling on everyone you could do a mafia AU of them that would be really really good actually or you could just have them like playing DDR at the mall arcade <laughs> together. Exactly. They're very easy to put into all kinds of situations. Yep. I think we should probably move on because we're now like probably 15 minutes of actual time into the episode. So our next stand-on has, it's never been an actual pairing, but they've always headcanoned Kana and Kotohime from Phantasmagoria of Dim Dream. Their bios make them sound perfect for each other. Kana's looking for a new person to haunt and Kotohime is into collecting unusual things. And they're both <laughs> bored weirdos. <laughs> I mean, what is Kana but an unusual thing? I don't think there's like a Kotohime ship, right? Yeah. I don't think that Kotohime gets shipped. I think she just gets put into detective stories. Yeah, I think I'm responsible for a significant portion of Kotohime content in the English language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because so. she is hilarious and I enjoy writing fake noir monologues. Like, Kana gets paired with Ellen a bit because they had like one line of dialogue that wasn't hostile and Kana normally just roasts everybody. I think that Kana roasts people like in a friendly way though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like most of the PC98s do. Shout out to you, Miko and Mima. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I do always like the dynamic of like a ghost or something like haunting a person that they're gay for. <laughs> like that's always a great ship to me. There's something haunting the detective office. <laughs> I'm like markedly quiet about all the PC98 content. <laughs> I mean, there isn't a lot of it. Yeah, and yeah. it's Phantasmagoria of Dim Dream in particular has... Has like five lines. Phantasmagoria of Dim Dream is like... The piece of PC-98 that I can most easily go, okay, I can just toss all of this out. I'll miss the characters, but what is this? Oh, well, what's yeah. this? Grabs you, Memi, Chiri, and Rikako and runs is just my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Rikako is pretty hard to put in modern day Gensokyo too, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you can do stuff. You can do interesting things, yeah. Turn her into a cup or something. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right down the list, someone asks about... Hinaparu, and I'm gonna say right out, I've seen this around a few times, I'm not sure how, like, rare it is. I guess, like, any Parsi pairing that isn't Yugi is, like, to some extent rare. I mean, I think it's rare. Mm -hmm. I've literally never seen nor imagined this, yeah. so... I think I gotta agree that... The problem with non-Yugi Parsi pairings is that a lot of them are very similar. It's, like, Parsi x someone strongly associated with misfortune and yeah. whatever, yeah. and it's, it's, like, I get why people ship it, I feel like you can do something more interesting with Parsi than just she causes problems on accident hmm. or on purpose. Because, yeah. like, as much as, like, Yuparu is usually also sometimes heavy on the Parsi angst, it's, like, heavy on the Parsi angst in kind of a healthy way rather than just, like, obsessing over her being nasty. It's healthy. It's, like, in a realistic relationship angst sort of way rather than... She's a jealous yokai and that's all she is. I have trouble imagining how we're supposed to approach this. Just I don't like see the basic connection beyond both being like unpleasant to be around. Yeah, they have completely incompatible personalities in the first place. This isn't like a rose this, since we're talking about rare pairs. And... I just feel like Hina wouldn't appreciate Parsi's acerbic way of complimenting everybody. Like she'd actually take it as insult. 
more than that because she's a very gentle person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that Hina herself, like, just because, like, she kind of absorbs misfortune by her nature, I don't think that means that she would necessarily be open to, like, receiving sort of just, like, toxic behavior on an interpersonal level. And that's kind of... Yeah, I think that maybe she'd be more sensitive to it and be like, no, I don't want this. I already have to absorb the misfortune of, like, the entirety of Gensokyo. She's got 99 problems, but a bridge ain't one. Yeah, I'm kind of, when it comes to Parsi ships, I do have a hard time being sold on them just because I do feel like a huge portion of the dynamic always stems from Parsi behaving in a way that is just, like, absolutely horrible for a relationship. Yeah, I feel like unless you find a way to fix the dysfunctionality in a way that isn't just magicking it away like you might be able to do with Hinaparu, it's going to be difficult for me to be invested in something like that because I don't think that a jealous relationship is good for anybody. No, it's not. Yeah, and I, I do think that Yuparu is basically the best example of like dealing with like those sort of unhealthy issues in like a sort of compassionate and understanding way really just taking that dynamic and replicating it over and over on other ships doesn't really feel good to me you can't just copy and paste onto different colors of paper and expect it all to turn out the same as the first sheet you copied yeah no flame to your ship if this is your ship but we'd love to hear more of the ideas you have about it yeah when you just send in an ask that is Hinaparu and we're just sort of like, we don't get it. Whereas the previous ones are like, here's our ships, here's what we're thinking about it. But I do want to say one last thing about this before we move on. So, like, I mean, obviously we're fine with speculating about how a ship would work without any prompt, but, like, basically the way that we interpreted it was, like, Hina sort of absorbing all this misfortune and that sort of being the basis of their relationship. And if you're looking for that relationship dynamic in Toho, Tenshian did it, like, a (laughs) hundred times better, I would say. Tenshian King. Like, you're just just looking for Tenshian. While we're on the topic, before we move on, are there any, like major Hina ships besides Hina Nitori, which is just based on them being from the same game from adjacent levels. Hina and Peace and Quiet. She's paired with Alice sometimes because of the doll connection. And because they both like to isolate themselves, but that's basically it. Yeah. I mean, two people who like to isolate themselves kind of naturally shouldn't end up together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think there was some early talk of Hina with one of the Yorigamis or the other, but that sort of flattened out as, like, Tenshion became a dominant force and then joan does joan have any ships of her own anyway joan money but that's about it i know someone who ships her with show but that's like the most i've heard yeah i think she has good potential with the buddhist crew yeah she definitely has good potential as another member of the ragtag idiots yeah (laughs) minus byakuren who is a little bit less ragtag i mean we're just collecting dysfunctional sorts of like perspectives on the classical seven deadly sins at this point right because we got parsi for envy <laughs> junko for wrath joan for greed there was somebody else but i'm forgetting and we should be moving on because <laughs> the next person sends in three ships alice remu Romelia Apache and Renosuke Aya. Romelia Apache is not a rare pair. It's like her second most common ship. Yeah, it's like the second most common Patchouli ship. Uh, maybe third. I mean, it's a good one. I do like it, though. Yeah, I do like it. I almost want to say it's like, it's probably the second most, I guess, because there's Remisaku, which I don't like, which I'm not going to talk about. 
Rumisaku yeah. does not count as a ship because it's yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a minimum ship quality. It's the most popular Remilia ship that I can sort of see. There's a reason why I said Joan doesn't have any ships after all. It's the most popular Remilia ship that we're going to acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But it's good. It's good. Followed by Remy Sato. Yeah. yeah. And then Renosuke Aya, which is an interesting one. Mm. I think that's bait. That has to be bait, right? Like, that's not... <laughs> you don't really ship that, do you? It's interesting, I guess. It's an interesting dynamic, but I do feel like it was definitely being thrown in here to see if we would go all piranhas at it. Yeah. As uh, <laughs> not particularly heterosexual as most of the people on this podcast are. I feel like the dynamic is just fine. Like, sure, I could see them working together, but I really think that Renosuke would be more bothered by Aya than anything else. It's sort of a reason why I can't see Yukari and Renosuke together, because it's just like... He's afraid of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's afraid of most yokai. I'm pretty sure, like, I and Renosuke comes from the Renosuke harem genre. I literally breaks his window with a newspaper at one point. She just chucks a newspaper through his yeah, window. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is that Renosuke has, like, great interactions or potential to interact with a lot of characters, but there's only one or two valid ships, and one of them is, like, some goddamn peace and quiet. Renosuke, peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that maybe this is Reimu Aya, but straight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just straight man as in not heterosexual man, but straight man as in the Tsukomi gets harassed by a crow. I feel like it's like half Aya Ray but straight and half Rinomari but not weird. Like that's like where it sits. I mean, I'm all for making Renosuke ships less weird, but... There aren't a lot of men, so it's hard to make them less weird. <laughs> I mean, if that's the standard, then yeah. But Yeah, like, I personally am not necessarily against hetero-shipping. It's like, but it takes a lot of work to convince me. I think Toho in particular has an issue with heterosexual shipping in that the only humanoid male character is somebody who I literally could not see ending up with anybody, much less the super fiery, excitable, constantly fighting girls we have. And I think, like, Rino Aya in particular, to me, feels like a rom-com like that is the yeah. cast yeah. of a rom-com you have cheery woman who kicks down the door breaks the window and dude who wants to be left alone until he doesn't and there's you know a big dramatic scene they probably meet up at an airport at the end while organ music swells <laughs> like we all know what i'm talking about here yes yes exactly i think pretty specifically one of the like longest running and unfortunately most popular like rinosuke harem series has aya at the center oh I didn't know that. Well, you didn't need to know it, but I did. I told you anyway. Well, luckily for me, I have no comprehension of Renosuke's harem besides the fact that it exists and it's a bad thing. Yeah. And I have no intention of changing that. <laughs> Keep. We got a lot to go through. Uh, they also sent in Alice Remu. Yeah. We sort of talked about that a bit earlier. I feel like this but is sort of the... Definitely the most off-meta ship for both of them. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like the double quiet pairing. Yeah, I mean, that could work because they're different kinds of quiet. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it alongside Marisana, usually. I've never seen Marisana. <laughs> I mean, that's that too. That's amazing to me. 
I wanted to say I saw those two in like some like short dojin or something. I think it was like Ali Ray focused and then they just pair up Marisa and Sane to. Yeah, I think they do that to pair the spares. I think that's a similar reason to why a lot of people like Raysana nowadays. Yeah. Because I don't know if a lot of people are shipping it for its own merit or just because, well, we like Mariali, but Yukare is bad for obvious reasons, so let's do a nor- more normal ship, shall we? I think the thing about Raysana is that it is a good ship in its own right. It's definitely a good ship in its own right. I just don't know how much investment a lot of the people who ship it have in it and that's what i'd like to know probably there's still a lot of primary ray sauna works but at the same time there's also a lot of murray alley works that are ray sauna in one panel yeah i like ray sauna so like i'm kind of biased i think it is probably the number two Raymu ship right now i wish uh, it's definitely yukare <laughs> it's definitely yukare <laughs> is it still yukare okay it's the second biggest that we like accept so that's canon if Yukare didn't exist, it would probably maybe be number two. I guess I don't see that much Yukare content these days, but I'm sure it probably still exists. Yeah. But yeah. That's because you have good yeah. taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not because there it isn't there, unfortunately. The unfortunate reality of taste filtering. Did we have something to say about Ray Ali in itself? Yeah, uh, Ali Ray, yeah. I think it works. It's sort of a subdued kind of pairing. It's not... Yeah. It's just like... Saturday morning chilling. Don't fucking add us. We're chilling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the kind of ship where I like imagine most of their interactions being pretty like normal. Not much to yeah. say about them. Their interactions in Perfect Cherry Blossom, for example, just seem like normal person who forgot an old friend of theirs. It isn't weird dialogue or anything it's just like hey why do you forget me what's wrong with you besides tying up loose ends i think reali might also come from rejection of like mariali like deciding that marisa and alice don't fit together because marisa's too hyper for her or something Uh, before it was a pairing alongside because i feel like sana mari is more alongside ali ray i feel like it's also something that comes up with mari patchy dojins a lot because nobody likes to leave rainbow alone because she (laughs) she will die (laughs) has a desperate need for companionship despite the fact that she doesn't actually like a lot of people to me reali feels like a ship that mostly exists as a way to like fill the shipping chart out if you have a pair that is like something different with uh, Marisa probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I could see Alice like coming by with like baked goods and stuff like that to the shrine. And they just have like quiet chats in the evening and stuff about the nature of human existence. And maybe about sewing, because I feel like both of them can sew, since Reimu lives on her own, and Alice is Alice. And didn't, doesn't she need Corin to do the sewing for her? That's a long time ago, on the other hand, so you can... Yeah, she's like, she was like 12 or something. I feel like that chapter was set like back in Embodiment of Scarlet Devil era, maybe even before that, because some of the Cola chapters... Are before Marisa even started using star magic, which is like before Story of Eastern Wonderland. Anyway, we're kind of off track. Do still have a bunch of stuff to go down. So unless there's any final Ray Alley thoughts. Can I have one? Not to go on another rant, but I think Alice is kind of a honorary SDM member 
in the like fandom in the sense that she's often the only non EOSD character that shows up in some dojins involving them. Yeah, I feel like she definitely gets glued to the Scarlet Devil Mansion. Because of Marisa and Patchy. With people who would rather have Yuyuko and Yukari not just weirdly hanging around being ominous because that's basically what they're going to do if you try to just do a perfect cherry blossom and embodiment of Scarlet Devil Dojin with everybody yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. So you usually just end up Scarlet Devil Mansion. And Alice. <laughs> so the next thing we have someone asking about is Jacka Co and Label Co, the two girls from Dolls and Pseudo Paradise. Ooh. I'm not sure if this is a rare pair. Like this is the pretty much only ship for both of them. It's definitely a rare pair in terms of how much content they have. Yeah, these are the two overlapping definitions of rare pair. It's the most common pairing for the two because it's the only pairing for the two, but it is most definitely something that you might see once every couple of months unless you're following the right people. But I feel like it's like, this is the ship that gets talked about when Dolls in Pseudo Paradise gets talked about at all. And I feel like it's sort of like saying like a rare pair for a given game or something, right? Like it is the pairing for that. So I don't know if it's rare under that margin. I feel like it's just sort of like, uh, go listen to our Dolls in Pseudo Paradise episode, but we also didn't yeah. talk about them that much, other than, you know, the murderer theorizing and stuff. I mean, yeah. we did talk about following a shrine maiden into the clouds because you saw her dancing is kind of gay, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think that I have a bunch of artists who could say more about Jacket Co. and Label Co. than I ever could. So Yeah, I think it's also because it's one of those pairings that's built a lot on the individual artists' interpretations of the characters and all that. There's not huge amounts. Like, canonically, we can't even say for sure that they're the Shrine Maiden and the Killer from Dolls and Pseudo Paradise. Mm-hmm. Like, the roles are assigned by fans. It's- Label Co. is maybe a Shrine Maiden, but we can't say that she's that Shrine Maiden. So it's hard to say. On one hand, I really haven't looked into them that much, but I don't think I've ever seen any content of them that was deeper than, like, an individual illustration. So those don't exactly go a lot in the characterization or anything. Yeah. I have seen quite a lot. Yeah, it's out there. But that's because I follow Shout Out to Nicolina. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> there's a couple tiers of being into Toho and there's like, you know, the tip of the iceberg is like Scarlet Devil Mansion stuff. And then a little bit deeper than that is just being into Toho in general and then under the surface of the water, that's when you get to the Hifu cultists like us. <laughs> At the very bottom tip of the iceberg, you have... Dolls and Pseudo Paradise. I'm gonna just move on from there, keep us going, to Aya and Akyu. I've seen this one a couple mm. times. I mean, that makes it rare, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one that has, like, a presence... Yeah. Yeah, it has a presence. It weirds me out that it's kind of more popular than Aya Suzu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also had more time to establish itself, so. Yeah, Kosuzu herself isn't super popular, so. I think it might help that, like, in terms of like Toho's weird and vague like age relationships, like Aku sits at the slightly older tier than Kosuzu despite being, like, approximately the same age, like, physically. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Aya is consistently 25 to 28. So that makes her, like, 
with Kosuzu, okay, that's a little bit weird. And her with Aku, okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, Aku has the whole, like, Miare thing going for her. And it's plausible that Aya knew a previous incarnation of her, too, because Aya's lived in the same area for a thousand years, so... Yeah, you could definitely give them history. I think that's pretty central to all the, like, you know, two or three stories that I've seen about them. It doesn't have a huge amount of canon content, but you could definitely do some really interesting stuff with it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I like both the idea that they might have history together with like previous incarnations of Aku. Maybe um, Aya and Aya met. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that uh, enters into it, actually. That's definitely an interesting thought. But I do also just like the idea of... Because Aku, she is a little bit gullible. Like, well, okay, not gullible, but she's very credulous. She's got a little bit of naivete to her because I feel like she spends most of her lives writing her books, so she doesn't really get as much experience in the whole galaxy-brained fifth-dimensional chess that yokai tend to go into a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's not really, like, super into, like, the political machinations of Gensokyo uh, behind the scenes. She just kind of records a lot of, like, history and stuff like that, and so... I wonder if Aya would see that as refreshing. I kind of think Aku might have gone, like, a full Pepe Silvia if she got her hands on the original, like, unreleased Alternative Facts magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun to imagine Aya just kind of saying very silly and outrageous things to Aku and her just kind of taking them at face value and like trying to assimilate them into her worldview. <laughs> the thing with Aku more than she's not interested in the power plays is that she is aware of like a few levels of the power plays, but not all of them. Yeah, and she's never yeah. really part of them. Yeah, she's like aware of the vague idea that, okay, this is a bed of power plays because there's a bunch of really powerful and really bullheaded yokai surrounding this mm. place. But yeah. she isn't like aware of the galaxy brainedness of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and also this question, uh, I don't think we said the name of the person who submitted it. Oh, yes. Uh, we do actually have this from uh, Matthias Alpcam on Tumblr. This is our first non-anonymous, so shout out. <laughs> non-anonymous. Non-anon. Courageous. Wait, shit. What if this was actually uh, shipping like a queue with her previous life and not... <laughs> <laughs> We're not going down that road because we have a bunch more this ships is, to cover this episode. How bad we be. Yeah, we're we're not going to once lure Aku. Okay, we're going to move on. Oh, the eye chiller? The eye chiller? If you don't get that joke, babies who are listening to this podcast, hello, cool babies. Don't look it up. There is no explanation that could possibly warrant the knowledge that we all shared from going through that time period together. The point is that it, it just comes down to to nobody wanting to ship anyone with anything voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> because they're cowards. <laughs> anyway, our next pairing is from Evilisk on Tumblr. 
I'm not gonna lie, the last few chapters of Forbidden Scrollery really made me like Reimu X Mamizo. They're fun together when they're not at each other's throats and just trying to find Kasuzu. I think Mamizo effortlessly joining Reimu's Rip Marisa joke is what seals the pairing for me. I think it's a very funny yanking each other's chain, but in a friendly way sort of ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a slightly, like, you can do a lot of the sort of less rancid Yukare vibes with the same sort of dynamic, but it, yeah. it doesn't have the weird power balance. It's like, yeah, you, it's Yukare, but... You made it unrancid. You turned back the time on the milk and <laughs> made it before it's sell by date yeah. again. I'm afraid yeah. I can't really get on board with this because I'm now a devoted Mami Raiko shipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apologies to Evilisk, but we've already been converted to a Mami shipper. <laughs> but like I do agree like I, I think this does have a lot of potential to be really fun and like because mommy says just kind of always her, her whole personality is just the three mouth face and I think that bounces very well off of Raymo as a person yeah so and also they do both drink a lot um, yeah, I you never really see Mamizo at Raymo's parties mm. I feel like she probably has her own parties Welcome to Mamizo's party in the middle of the woods. Turn it up, everyone. <laughs> yeah, she definitely has some legendary tanuki parties, but she never gets invited to Reimu's parties, it seems like. And the one time we have seen her... Reimu doesn't invite people who are annoying to her parties, usually. She shows up at the shrine in, like, well and her and Hermit, but the... She literally, like, rolls up with her crew. And the mm. show kind of gets stolen by her, like, cousin in directions. Yeah. Reimu after that was just like, you are uninvited. <laughs> I feel like though there's no way to prove that Mamizo isn't at Reimu's parties. True. <laughs> <laughs> she On could be all levels. the Sakias that keep showing up. Unlike the fox, she has the like common sense not to disguise as Marisa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, that one chapter in Forbidden Scrollery where she disguises herself as Reimu and talks to Kosuzu yeah. is the cutest thing. Is like just like a great exercise in absurdity, and it's really funny. Kosuzu rolled a one <laughs> on perception. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Reimu's acting so weird today. <laughs> wow. I, I definitely think that this has potential, but I don't know how much more I have to say about it. It's It could be good, yeah. It's neat. I never thought about it as Yukare with the more rancid aspects taken out, but it does have that potential to replace it if people weren't rancid themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They need to do a partner game soon. Like, Zen needs to make a partner's game soon, and one of Raymond's partners should be Mamizo. Yeah, I'd yeah. love another partner's game. I think partner games are the pinnacle of Toho. <laughs> <laughs> to move to our next category, we have, honestly, from Anonymous again. Uh, I think everybody is anonymous now. Nope, we have one more, but later. We have, this is honestly more crack ship but, than Rare Pair, but Nazrin X Nue. Huh. I've seen it before, just in terms of UFO shipping. Yeah, I, mean... yeah, I feel like they get, especially before Mamizo was in this orbit, when people were pairing show with Byakarin, you sometimes would get yeah. Nazrin with Nui. Much more than Nazrin with Ichirin or Marasa. I guess Nazrin and Nui is like the logical like UFO ship outside the temple. Yeah. Or yeah. the only mm -hmm. UFO ship outside the temple, but... And I guess they're kind of both rascals. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. They're very different in a sense, but... 
They're just both little creatures, but I don't know if I can get behind just shipping because they are both little creatures. They cannot change this is super common among Toho ships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I feel like I don't know enough about Nui to really define a ship for her. I know more about Nui than I might have imagined previously. (laughs) But I guess Natri and Nui are both also kind of weirdly ancient. Well, yeah. with Nui, it gets brought up. It gets brought up a lot, but with Nasrin, not quite as much. Nasrin's just chilling. She's mm-hmm. being grumpy. Yeah, she's just there to play go with Pluto in the background. Hey, I guess you could kind of, given the fact that Nasrin would clearly be the more responsible one of the two. I'm thinking of a specific Yuri that is like this, like office lady who sort of takes in this girl who keeps just kind of showing up at her house. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe I guess this would have. Mm-hmm. Nasrin really is an office lady, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> like she has the vibe. I feel yeah. like Nue has a lot of like assorted ships that kind of blend together in my head. There's a couple big ones with like Mamizo and stuff with various levels of romance versus friendship. But a lot of the other ones are nice because in the end, I guess I kind of like Nui as a concept and a character. Yeah. Nui is cool. Yeah. But a lot of the dynamics are kind of similar. But yeah, I think Nathrin and Nui definitely has potential in the like on the character dynamic side. But it kind of needs to play up the strange bedfellows theme. Anyway, I'm going to keep us going. We are next on the docket is Okina and Miko, or Kawakatsu ex Shotoku, a.k.a. Kokoro's divorced biological parents. And I feel like that's sort of the dynamic we have to go on. Yeah, I can dig it. Miko got the gender and the divorce. How come every Okina ship, she's just divorced? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, sometimes Yukari and Okina isn't divorced. I guess it's a side effect of her disappearing for a while. She disappears for a while and raises her two kids on her own. I feel like there's like... Okina's wife left her, so she retreated into her. Like Okina is the only competent single mom in Toho. I'm just imagining Okina with like the stereotypical like divorced dude beard. <laughs> I feel like Okina has more dad energy than mom energy, though. That's true. Okay, Satono and Mai, let's go grill up a football. <laughs> <laughs> Okina just sings about how her wife took the front door in the divorce (laughs) (laughs) yeah I definitely like Miko and Okina in the historical aspect I guess I haven't thought much about like as a romantic pairing but I didn't just like the idea of them hanging around they're a cool dynamic whether you do it romantically or not I guess they're kind of weird as a romantic pairing to me since either they basically grew up together or yeah the age thing when they were younger is weird they knew in life that much is clear but the thing is that either like okina was basically miko's adopted aunt as in okina was adopted or she was uh by some really galaxy brain theories she was uh like god already at the time just masquerading as a adopted aunt which can always (laughs) be a weird dynamic anyway like i feel weird when people ship like humans and non-human beings that they met as kids in toho yeah but at least the thing is like there's at least the, the potential for the interpretation that they were just both 
like air quotes normal humans at the time who went down very different paths of immortality and all that well they both became gods yeah there's also the theory that they're the same person isn't there uh, i actually haven't <laughs> heard that one. Oh no the once they came back <laughs> I do believe I recall something saying that, like, some scholars have wondered if Kawakatsu and Shodoku are actually, like, the same person. That has kind of weird overlap with the ideas of either or both of them being partially or fully made up. <laughs> but, I mean, the yeah. thing is with Shodoku, there's basically all kinds of weird historical conspiracy Anyway, we have a no onceler rule on this podcast, so I think that's a... S <laughs> and that's part of the joke why Miko, like, ended up in Gensokyo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like, I see where this person's coming from, and but also, like, I think the Kokoro custody battle in Toho is between <laughs> Byakuren and Miko, yeah. not Okina and Miko. But I love Okina and Miko as either, like, relatives or friends or both. Yeah, they... Work as a neat dynamic for just people who know each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next on the list, a uh, possible rare pair that crosses my mind, Sumiriko and Kosuzu. I imagine Kosuzu quizzing Sumiriko on whatever foreign literature ends up in the shop, with Sumiriko giving highly opinionated or fabricated answers. That could be fun. She doesn't seem like the type to know most of the literature coming in. Sumiriko, who has never read War and Peace, giving a detailed review of War and Peace. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's she has that sort of small Corin energy, and I feel like Kosuzu is the sort of person who would completely fall for it. Like earlier, we were talking about the Aya Aki dynamic with Aki sort of being the sort of credulous uh, person, like sort of taking stuff at face value. I think that dynamic gets blown up by a hundred in this pairing. Yeah. I dig it. I think it could definitely be fun and uh, like... This also sort of gets weird age-wise, but it can be less weird depending on your interpretation. The, I think they're pretty much the same age around the time that like Sumiriko shows up in canon. They're pretty close to peers, so yeah. it's fine. Sumiriko's time scale is weird compared to everybody else yeah, because, because she's in high school forever. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. She's like... Not... She works on light novel chronology rules. Kosuzu is definitely, like, an adult at this point, whereas Sumireko is, at most, 18-year-old in high school. Yeah, that's the issue with the timeline. Sumireko has Ash Ketchum disease. <laughs> <laughs> it's terminal. That's what fantasy syndrome is, actually. A lot of the characters technically are, like, theoretically have, like, a 20-year timescale to work with if you really want to ship them with someone. But it doesn't work for everyone, and it gets kind of weird when some characters seem to age and others don't. Yeah, I think when it comes to age gaps in Toho, like, it's definitely something that you can just kind of work around, and it doesn't have to be weird if you don't make it weird. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. you can always have Kosuzu as, like, 19-ish and still absolutely yeah. stupid. <laughs> you cannot make it weird, and yet a lot of people still choose to. Yes. <laughs> well, isn't that how Toho fandom is in yeah. general? Next request from This Is Ergy on Tumblr for the rare pair discussion, Komakase. I don't know if this is a rare pair. I feel like it's the predominant Kasen pairing for sure, and... It's not, actually. Seikase is still a lot more popular. Oh, Seikase is still up there. Okay, um... And obviously on the Komachi side, she's like halfway defined by her Eiki ship. Unfortunately. It doesn't have to be bad, but it... I mean, having her defined by the ship is 
just generally a bad idea. I don't mind the ship in general, although it, like, I don't like a lot of the ships in Toho that ship someone with their boss because most of them have just weird implications. Komaeki is probably the least weird of those, though. That least both adults. Followed by Yukaran, depending on yeah. your interpretation of it, but that's still weird. Like, if Yukaran is your threshold for not weird, you have a threshold already. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've... Kamikaze. Kamikaze. We have one of the most powerful people in the fandom on our side now. Shout out to Azumaya. <laughs> yes, thank you, Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Azumaya for everything. Thank you. I do really like Kamikaze, and I think it's like, you know, one of those ships in Wild and Horn Hermit that's like basically canon. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things where you can kind of point to a lot of stuff in the source material to be like, oh, this is definitely canon. So I don't know if it necessarily qualifies as a rare pair. It's not something that I see frequently just from the fandom. Like, I think people mostly appreciate it in terms of, like, their canon dynamic and interactions. Somehow... Canon pairs can be rare pairs, too. <laughs> I think it's underrepresented, but not, like, rare in that sense. Everyone should go read Azumaya's new The Shinigami's Rowing Her Boat as Usual manga. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not official, but it's a great series. Yeah, yeah and uh, who's translating hmm. that? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> We have two more to go. Let's try and go. Our second to last is from Huraiden Bucharesti on Tumblr, who says, I would like to mention one of my favorites, Narumi and Yuyuko. I think they work well together thematically. Their abilities and backstories represent life and death, respectively. We know less about Narumi, but Grimoire Usami gives us interesting details about living bullets in her Danmaku, and she was in the same section as Yuyuko. Uh, hmm. I mean, it's halfway to a crack ship, but... I think this comes into the issue of Narumi not being a super well-established character. Yeah, if Narumi existed more, this would be... I feel like even Nemono got more established in canon than Narumi did. Narumi showed up in Kola, but she shows up in Kola as sort of the one who Sumiriko and Renosuke bounce off of for a chapter. And I think that... She's been pulled pretty heavily into Marisa's orbit, so it's sort of hard to separate her from that. The Narumi ship that I always think of is Narumi and Alice, because we do know enough about Narumi to sort of know like what she's into, which is sort of giving life to inanimate objects. Mm -hmm. And Alice is attempting to create an artificial soul, which giving life doesn't necessarily do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that can be interesting. Yeah, so my favorite pairing for Narumi is... Alice in that sense, because I do think that they work well together. This is kind of crack ship territory for me. Yeah. I think the issue with Yuyuko pairings is that Yuyuko is a character who's very reactive in her interactions. She sort of plays people. She adapts to be, you know, how she goads or sort of deals with the person in front of her. And I don't think we know enough about Narumi to think like, how would Yuyuko be pushing her Needle buttons? Her? How would she like play that game how would she bully her <laughs> yeah plus yuyuko's kind of a hikikomori yeah yeah besides sometimes showing up at parties but she doesn't even show up at those that much that's something that kind of gets accepted in a lot of rare ships that their meeting may be unlikely but if we assume that they met and actually talked for some reason would they get along yeah. I guess it's just weirder for me with Yuyuko because she just lives in a whole other world. I kind of see where this person is coming from. 
Like, I get the thematic element, but I think there's not enough characterization to build on. Yeah. I get the thematic element, but I don't know, like, the way the characters themselves would mesh together. Like, it's really neat thematically, but I don't know about how would they even talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, besides rudely. We have one more ship question, and then with a little bonus attached that we'll get to if we have time. Our last pairing today is just presented with no outside context of Reimu Kaguya. I mean, sure. I feel like this is distinctly an old-fashioned pairing. Yeah, this is sort of an old fan pairing. I can sort of see it in the sense of, like, Reimu and Kaguya have different, like, relationships to responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Yori Ray gang for that yeah. one, as far as Reimu Lunarian pairings go. I guess on some level it feels like, like, not to be rude, but kind of a early Windows combinatorics ship. Like, yeah. <laughs> Trying everyone with everyone, seeing what happens. Like, I can sort of get it because, like, Reimu is subdued and Kakia sort of has, like, the facade of it, I guess. Kakia is subdued lunacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of Kaguya outside the IN and its side products in any case, but have we seen any of her interactions with Reimu besides the, like, IN stage? Silent Sinner? I think. Does Reimu even show up in Inaba of the Inaba? That's what I meant by side products, but do they actually talk there? Inaba doesn't have Reimu. I think they talk in like Runegate or something, but like briefly. I don't even think they talk Runegate. I feel like this is like someone's side pairing from a Yukari Aaron work. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Yukari Eren is really a weird ship, isn't it? Not to feel like a like a horrible Toho meme, but Kaguya is a bit of a shut-in. Not in that sense, but like she's, you know, she doesn't really leave the palace. She likes to see interesting things come to her rather than go to interesting things. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and Reimu is not the type to really go out of her way. And Reimu is also the kind to wait for things to come to her rather than to go to things. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're just sitting in their houses. <laughs> pining for each other. I mean... Thinking, wow, that moon princess really was cool. Wow, that shrine maiden really was cool. I mean, the internet tells me that this is the like quintessential lesbian experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the key here is they don't have the internet. Yeah. yeah. I think that like as far as rare Kaguya pairings go, I'm also heavily overloaded with uh, Seikagu and uh, Kaguya Toyohime. Seikagu is so fascinating and interesting. Even if, like, I can't really entirely see the dynamics, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Jewel Branch of Hurai, the singular Seikagu, <laughs> like, paragon. Master. <laughs> I think this is the second time we've shouted her out, which is... It just goes to show. Props to you. I think they come up whenever we talk about ships. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that for Kaguya, Reimu would be like more of a curiosity than anything else. I think that Kaguya sort of exists in her own little world far more than any other character. I also feel like Kaguya more than any other not exactly mortal character, like not invulnerable because that's... Kaguya and Moko and Eren only, but just 
the characters that don't die of old age, her more than any of them. I feel like she would see humans especially as just passing interests rather than yeah. someone she could start a relationship with. Yeah. I don't feel like Reimu Kaguya is a pairing that is particularly open to even like the immortal slash mortal ship angst that normally might occur from such a pairing. They're both kind of low-key characters. I feel like Kaguya is incapable of feeling angst about that sort of thing. She's she's just like, wow, that's sad. Well, let's go find some bamboo shoots in the middle of a lake or something. Another lifetime, another girlfriend. Yeah, I don't think that Reimu either would really be able to take the possibility of dating Kaguya seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I think she would just be like, what is this sassy lost moon girl? <laughs> <laughs> like, like even beyond that, like, I think her whole attitude towards the idea of, like, dating, like, this immortal moon princess, I don't think that she would ever be able to sort of picture herself in that situation. Yeah. Raimu is not the sort of person who would have gone for one of the impossible requests. I think this is definitely a pairing that is just sort of Kaguya playing around. Like, that's the only way that you'd be able to really make it work. I think there's also other pairings that are more interesting as Kaguya playing around. There's a lot of ways to do it for a bad reason, but there's something really funny about the mental image of, like, Moko and Kaguya, or one of them being stuck as, like, teenagers... And trying to be really cool and Asian and sassy, even while, like, Raymond and Marisa are nearing 40 or something. <laughs> just make them, like, 19. Then it's not weird. That's literally just the Scarlet Devil Mansion. Like, that's Romelia. Yeah, and they do it for a lot of bad reasons, too. Anyway, is there any more we want to say on, I guess, like, Ray Teru or whatever it is? Or so... Please call it Ray Kagu. I... <laughs> Don't Teru yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not control when lobsters die. <laughs> I think it's you do not control the rate at which lobsters die. Oh, you can control when lobsters die if you believe in yourself and have a nice big trap. Or a knife. <laughs> anyway, so this I think the Reimu Kaguya was just sort of like a half Trojan horse. The majority of this question is this person asking, are there any non-Toho ships we want to shout out for Valentine's Day, which I will begin and end by saying, please watch Samurai Flamenco. Adolith. <laughs> <laughs> we stand Adolith. Yes. I don't think that's really in the spirit of a rare pair episode. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, they didn't say rare pairs. I mean, it is pretty rare in a Toho podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have both a rare pair and a non-Toho ship, Stan, Tini, and Fee from Fire Emblem 4. <laughs> In fact, I would prefer if the Fire Emblem ships were rarer on this Toho podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, nobody likes build maps, so everybody would prefer to see less Fire Emblem ships. I, this is kind of probably the most meta ship in the story, but it's definitely rare in terms of being from a sort of obscure anime and something that nobody really creates content for, I would say I really like Reki and Draka from Haibana Renme. Ooh. I think they're good together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, Toho is... Well, Toho is one of like two fandoms I interact with on like a fan activity level. Yeah, I think Toho is my only one. Yeah, the other one is not really amenable to like shipping. Mm-hmm. It's more world building, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's characters, but they're not like, like you're not writing fanfic about them interacting normally. So yeah. in that sense, mm -hmm. I'll just recommend my uh, lovely girlfriend's 
fiction. She's written several books, Scale Bright, Winter Glass, Mirror Strike, and And Shall Machine Surrender. They are all very gay and very good, and please buy them. Please send my girlfriend money. <laughs> okay. Thank you, F's girlfriend. <laughs> yes. I had no idea. Well, now you do. Yeah. We do have one more question. Oh, no. But I don't think we want to talk about it on this episode because it's a question about Biakarin and Miko, which we would not really consider a rare pair. And we are planning to do a symposium episode where they're just going to get oodles of content. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like we have a symposium episode at some point in the future planned, and that is going to be largely about Biakarin and Miko and their dynamic and relationship. So look forward. Yeah. Look forward to that. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for this week, unless there's any more like last minute shout outs anyone wants to put in. Read Love's Translations. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out F's Girlfriend's books. <laughs> Watch Samurai Flamenco. Yes. You won't regret it. Watch Haibane Renmei. It's the best anime ever made. Don't play Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Outside World Occultism. I hope you enjoyed our takes on your ships. If you didn't, that's too bad. (laughs) We do not have a return policy on asks. (laughs) We do not have a refund policy, even if you do return them. I hope that you enjoy your Valentine's Day and or cheap chocolate at the supermarket day. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.